You're listening to Pim Talk, the product marketing podcast, brought to you by InRiver. Welcome to PIM Talk, the podcast for product marketers, merchandisers, and PIM professionals. And every second Tuesday, we come together to share knowledge, experiences, and challenges to be able to create even better product stories. Maybe you're wondering what PIM is. PIM is a software that is all about managing all product marketing information in one place to create a rich customer experience in all channels and shorten time to market. And if you're new to PIM, check out our first episode, What is PIM? I'm your host, Thomas Schwabberg. I'm the creative director at InRiver, and we want to do this podcast for you and with you. So please contact us and tell us what topics you would like us to cover, what guests you would like to have on the show, or maybe you want to contribute in any way. So you can email us at pimtalk at inriver.com or send a message on Twitter at pimtalkpodcast. I hope you are feeling well and that you and your family are safe in these strange times. In this episode, we're going to dive deeper into the Amazon universe, and I'm very happy to do that together with an expert, Brian Beck. You might also see him close to a digital shelf somewhere. And, uh, you know, we got to sit down with him for a while and talk about what's happening uh, around e-commerce and with Amazon. And uh, yeah, looking forward to it. And let's go directly into the PIM talk. All right. Today, I'm very happy to have Brian Beck, the managing partner at Enciba, as a guest on the PIM Talk podcast. So welcome, Brian. Thank you, Thomas. Good to be here. Yeah. How are you today? Doing well. Staying safe. Uh, yeah. Working from home. Yeah, exactly. So what's the situation like where you live? Well, we're uh, so I'm based in uh, Southern California um, in LA. That's where our company's based. Um, and uh, yeah, I mean, everyone's working remotely at the company. We're cranking away. There's a lot of demand uh, right now for Amazon uh, services and help getting onto Amazon. So we're, my family and I, we're staying hunkered down in our home and uh, but we're having regular company meetings every morning and, you know, kind of getting everybody to uh, uh, keeping tabs on everybody. How's everything where you are, Thomas? I mean, it's similar. I know we don't have as strict regulations yet here in Sweden. Uh, but, you know, I've been working from home since uh, Thursday last week and the whole family is at home. Pretty much the same thing. We have been very busy uh, during the week and uh, that's that's how it is. And um, yeah, you mentioned also here that uh, there's a lot of requests or um, around Amazon. Uh, you know, that's one yeah. of the reasons I wanted you on the show because uh, can I call you an Amazon expert? I suppose you could. Yeah. <laughs> it's been a lot of time, I guess. Yeah, so, but, but I understand <laughs> yeah. that, you know, that's uh, to simplify things. So maybe you could tell us a little bit more about yourself, what you do sure. and about Enciba and uh, yeah, your services. Yeah, no problem, Tom. Thank you for that. Um, you know, so, um, you know, my background is as an e-commerce um, operator and executive. Uh, tw- I have 20 plus years now of experience. It just makes me old <laughs> in this <laughs> field. Uh, I started in e-commerce in the late 1990s. So I've seen actually really mid 1990s. I've seen 
I've seen everything, um, you know, the evolution of the e-commerce field, uh, what Amazon has done over those years. Um, I've worked on and sold on Amazon for years. My, my background is as a VP of e-commerce, CEO and COO of multiple um, e-commerce companies and divisions of uh, large brands and retailers here in the United States. And so, um, yeah, I've been around Amazon for quite some time. Um, it's an interesting time to be focused on the space. Hmm. Uh, obviously, for everything that's going on with uh, with this uh, coronavirus stuff, um, and uh, you know, I, I you know, I've learned a lot of things along the way. I, I focus a lot these days also on B two B categories. Um, I wrote a book about B two B e commerce. It's called Billion Dollar B two B e commerce, and it's coming out uh, in April. So in less than the you know about a month here from where we oh, are today. Exciting. Yeah. <laughs> so. We mentioned Amazon, and you, you know many of our customers or prospects that I mean meet. They said, you know, how can I get my products out to Amazon? But I mean, Amazon is not just one thing. You know, we have Amazon Seller Central. There's Amazon right. um, Vendor Central. There's Amazon Fresh, and you know, it's a whole mm-hmm. universe of its own. So, could you just give us a little bit a picture of what Amazon yeah. is and the different services that they offer? Of course, and so uh, my company. And SIBA, um, we help companies figure out how to best approach Amazon from a strategic standpoint and then also execute their programs. So we kind of act as a, an Amazon, depart, a plug-in Amazon department, I like to say. Yeah, you do both strategy and you do enrichment yeah. and making sure that they get products out and everything. You got it. Yeah. So we, um, you know, so we've. Um, I'm one of the owners and founders of the business. Uh, we've been doing this for about three years now. And um you know, so we see, to your question, we see a lot of different um, uh, options for companies to work within Amazon. Uh, we help them sort through those. So to give, you know, your listeners a sense for, you know, the different options they have, there's there's something called Vendor Central on Amazon in which Amazon purchases the product from you like they would if it was a traditional wholesale relationship. Mm. Amazon buys the product and uh, takes it in and then they, um, they'll resell it. It's, it's basically their product. And they set uh, the price, the right? Or is that regulated yes. in any way? Can they put any price they want? Well, uh, they sure can. <laughs> so, <laughs> I mean, you have to understand Amazon's DNA too. You know, as you approach Amazon, they're they're very much about um, you know serving their customer, and they they've stayed true to that through all these years. And I've seen it firsthand as a, as a seller on Amazon, working with Amazon now as a as a as a partner in some ways, and also as um, you know, uh, you know, an agency. So they will prioritize the customer uh, above everything in terms of how they, um, including how they price products. Mm. So in the vendor central model, you are um, you're basically giving Amazon the right to price it uh, competitively, and and they will. Um, they have armies of engineers that have built tools that that make sure that they are priced competitively in the marketplace, and they're spidering other sites, your site, uh, they're they're looking at a, uh, really the, the whole world of where your product is offered and uh, being competitive. The other approach, Thomas, is what's called Seller Central. So you've got, yeah. you know, I just described Vendor Central, right? Seller Central is also called 3P or third-party selling. Of course, Amazon can't just have one name for things. I don't know why, <laughs> but at any, at any rate, uh, that, uh, that approach essentially is, you know, a seller sets up their own storefront on Amazon and Amazon acts as a conduit or a marketplace where you know you set your pricing you manage your you know your content your brand presentation your inventory um, for Amazon 
that's all yours. But ultimately, it's a, a path that gives more control and also gives more, um, in general, gives more profitability to the seller. There's okay. more resources that are required. But it's, you know, we, we see a lot of brands moving in that direction. Okay. Because as I understand it, anyone basically can sell on Amazon Seller Center. If I want to sell something that I import from yeah. China or so, I can put it out there. You can. But, but the Vendor Central, right. there is some kind of vetting process there. Or you, you need to be a, like a well-known brand or something in order for, for them to sell your products, right? Uh, yeah. So in Vendor Central, you do need to be invited um, you know, to sell. Amazon yeah. has to want to buy your product, right? So there is you know, a vetting process or, and it's not just large brands. You know, what we see is if a product is of interest, if it's a hot product or a hot new brand, even if it's not a large, well-established brand, uh, Amazon may still be interested in buying it. Uh, so yes, but it, it is definitely a different process. Uh, and in fact, it's interesting, Amazon itself is moving more of its uh, focus towards the third-party or marketplace model mm-hmm. uh, for a variety of reasons um, and, uh, you know, that we can get into if you'd like. So we see a shift in, um, in Amazon. And, and, in fact, if you look at uh, Bezos, um, you know, one of his talks, I think um, his last er- major earnings release in the, sp- in, the, in the fall, I think he talked about the fact that marketplace merchants were close to 60% of the volume on Amazon and that, in fact, it was, um, um, you know, doing really quite well versus their own uh, first party or, or, or vendor business. They're doing that because they want to be um, really strategic and focused around the brands that they hold in-house. Look, Amazon, like everyone else, has um, costs and, uh, you know, staff and uh, infrastructure to take in product and inventory and hold it. Now they're at massive scale, of course, but they're going to really focus on where they need to have competitive advantage versus other mass resellers, you know, call it Target, Walmart, uh, in the distribution field, you know, Granger and MSC and others. Hmm. So, you know, it's, it's really about for them, it's really about controlling the price inventory and offerings for their customer where they need to drive value. And then pushing most other uh, channels or most other uh, uh, product assortment into the third-party model because, frankly, they don't have to take the inventory risk. And yeah. it's, uh, in many ways, more profitable for them even to do it that way. Yeah, yeah go ahead. For me as a branded manufacturer or something similar, what is the benefit for me to sell on Amazon Vendor Central then? Well, you know, so it's <laughs> a good question. I think um, in general when we look at things um, for – our clients and we help them with the strategy, we generally see that the seller central approach has a lot of advantages that outweigh uh, some of the um, sort of quote unquote ease of doing business with Amazon on the vendor Mm -hmm. side. So a lot of traditional manufacturers will sell to Amazon in the first party approach because it's what they're used to. Okay. They're not used to selling in e-commerce. They're not used to being a, you know, quote unquote merchant or need or ha- even have the capability. Amazon and first party, they're going to, in Vendor Central, they write you a PO and you ship it and you're done. That's mm. easy. It's what you've always done. So I, I've read online that, you know, quite many are dissatisfied with the user interfaces that Amazon Vendor Portal sort of provides. But on the other hand, uh, when it comes, another thing that is coming more and more is, is sort of the A-plus content. And how does it work? Is that only on the vendor central part or is it something similar that you can use on the seller central? There is definitely um, 
the lot you can use on the seller central side. In fact, I, you know, my, um, I, I would argue that you have um, more uh, control, excuse me, and more tools at your disposal on the seller central side. It, it, they're, they're roughly equivalent. Mm. I, you know, to your point about the interfaces uh, and, and actually where we see this mostly is in reporting. Um, you know, the reporting you get as a seller central um, seller is much more robust uh, than mm. you get in the vendor side. In the vendor side, you generally see trends. Amazon tells you, you know, kind of how your performance is from a, from a fulfillment partner standpoint, supplier standpoint, um, and gives you trends in your what's happening on Amazon. You know, is your conversion rate up or down? You know, things like that. Are you getting more views? But in Seller Central, you get much more rich information, including uh, your uh, conversion rate. Um, uh, you get more, um, you know, kind of detailed information about your orders and your inventory and where products go are going. And so, you know, uh, I think some of the things you might be hearing, Thomas, around, you know, interface, um, you know, and reporting questions are probably around those areas. You have control in either channel uh, to mm. some degree of your um of your content, though, and A plus content is something that you you really want to make sure you have in uh, in Amazon, regardless of how you sell. I mean, I, one of the one of the most disturbing uh, exercises I do with CEOs of companies is let's sit down and search your brand name on Amazon and see what see what shows up. <laughs> and oftentimes there's a look of horror. <laughs> yeah, I can understand <laughs> because, that, and especially well, but, yeah. you know. I mean, yeah. Go ahead. No, I'm just thinking it's Wild West because I know also that, you know, you can be comp competing with your resellers or someone that is trying to hijack your products. And yeah, it's Wild West, right? Exactly right. I mean, it, but it doesn't have to be, right? No. So one of the things that we often help companies do is to take control of that. And, um, you know, they're take control of it both from a uh, content on Amazon, brand registration, making sure your brand is presented correctly there when people are searching for it. Your products look great. And, you know, it, it, it's so important now because Amazon is getting, in the U.S. Uh, in particular, 70% of product search is starting here. And, you know, there's various stats and, and reports that show different numbers, but it's, it's, it's a lot of search is happening on Amazon. It's become a search engine, a product discovery place for uh, businesses and consumers. And, yeah. and so not having a great presence there is a... You know, it's, it's not a good thing if you're a if you're a brand. You're listening to Pim Talk, the product marketing podcast. And after this short break, we're going to continue explore the Amazon and e-commerce universe together with Brian Beck. Pim stands for Product Information Management, and InRiver stands for Pim. Want to learn more about how your organization can benefit from PIM software? We've put together a free white paper where you can learn what you need to know about how your e-commerce platform can benefit from PIM. Go to www.pimtalk.com to download a free guide to help you better understand how PIM can work for you. That's www.pimtalk.com. So there, there are some confusion uh, rather um, about if there is an API or an automated way to publish, you know, A-plus pages content directly on Amazon. So is there an API or not? 
So now you're you're testing my uh, my technical knowledge a little <laughs> no, bit. No, it's not about the technical, <laughs> but just generally, you know, if if there, if yeah. you're aware, I mean, you're also helping your customers creating content, yeah. and you know. Yes. So to answer your question, yeah, there there are ways to uh, integrate into Amazon, and we do that. Uh, we're tied into Amazon's APIs. Yeah. Around seller central and uh, some in some ways in vendor central, and there are ways to publish. Um, product information into Amazon and to automate that process. And I know you guys are doing some things around that too. Yeah, right? um, yeah. I mean, we're starting up a process now with Amazon Vendor Central for the AFS API. But you know, that's yep. that's your, I would say, the the ordinary product information. So it's it's not included, uh, including the A plus, you know, content that is more of a, a CMS kind of. Thing, CMS pages with, with different kinds of comparison sheets and yeah you can do a lot with it right. and so far I mean Amazon themselves has, has said that there is no API and I just want to you know get, in, get it confirmed from as many sources as possible yeah look Amazon is going to make it it's going to increasingly be looking to make um, those things easier and yeah. automating those things so our belief is that they'll continue to build more robust APIs and yeah, allow absolutely. more people to I mean, but I mean, it speaks to the importance of content, though, and I think yeah. you know, uh, you guys are that's your that's your world, a hundred percent, right? Yeah. So, so, so I, I um, would say, I mean, you're you're working with many different customers, and I guess you know, looking at how they store and manage their product information must be very varying. So, so what would you say yeah. uh, when when you come to a customer and it turns out that they have a PIM? Yeah. <laughs> We're happy. You're happy, yeah. <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, you know, look, it, data and the structure of data and content is so important to an effective Amazon program. Frankly, it's important to any e-commerce um, channel. And when, a, when we hear a company has a PIM, uh, we know they've invested in structuring that data, in, in enhancing the quality of the data, and it allows us to be more effective in what we do. And so we're working with companies that have PIMs in some cases, um, you know, like yours. Um, and we have other cases where, you know, it's a, um, you know, product manufacturer that has never invested in their data. And all that does is just makes the process longer uh, to get live because then we have to help them to improve their data. Or if there's data already on Amazon, if there's product listings already there, we have to go in and, and cleanse it. Um, you know, pull it down, cleanse it, et cetera. And so it's, so we're thrilled when a company has a PIM in place. We're, we're often recommending that, that, that companies do put PIMs in place, particularly as they look at larger, um, you know, larger assortments. I've got a distribu distribution client, for example, that we're working with that has about 12,000 products. They historically have not had a PIM. Uh, they are, you know, they're looking at, at, at implementing one in the next year now because they, all this e-commerce stuff has made it, them acutely aware of the need for it. So mm -hmm. I think you're going to see increased adoption of uh, PIM as, as companies continue to, you know, really push on the e-commerce uh, um, uh, channel for their yeah. growth. And another thing that I wonder, you know, when you meet um, your customers or talk about them, um, how are they thinking about Amazon? Are they thinking about it as a competitor or a selling channel or both? Is it a friend or a foe? And how do you think about that? <laughs> yeah, that question has been asked uh, a lot. And I think, I think it depends a lot on who, who you are as a business. I think you have to ask yourself the question, what are we the best in the world at? 
And when we think about the companies that you know, kind of have the best position on Amazon, if you differentiate based on product, product quality, brand, if you're doubling down on your on your product and that and and meeting a need of a buyer, whether that's a consumer or a business, and that's how you differentiate. Amazon is, in, in our opinion, for the most part, just an evolution of channels, and it's a preference that the buyer has voted for in terms of transaction, findability of product, and you know, uh, superior customer uh, fulfillment experience. And so I think, you know, our, our view is that Amazon is, um, for most companies, really an evolution of channels. If you're a retailer or distributor, I think you need to be on Amazon with at least a portion of your assortment to understand what Amazon's doing, learn from Amazon, and also keep your brand in front of customers mm. because that's where customers are. And that's where they search for product, right? It's I don't know if the number yeah. one or number two place where you search for product all over the, the world. In the U.S., it's by far number one. I mean, it's so dramatic, Thomas. The change here in the last five years. I mean, yeah. you know, five six years ago, you would go to Google or yeah. you know whatever Macy's or something to find products, or your distributor like um, you know MSC or Fastenal or whoever. Um, mm. You know that those those searches still exist there in those places, um, but Amazon increasingly is taking search share. So if you're not there um, to be found, you know other people will be, and mm. uh, you're you're risking your relevance as a brand if you're not there. And I'm speaking really particularly to manufacturers here, uh, companies that make products. Uh, I strongly believe if you're a manufacturer that makes a differentiated product, you need to be on Amazon and and well represented. Yeah, and what are Amazon doing within the B2B space and how big is that area within Amazon today? Great question. Um, we work quite a bit with the Amazon business team and their and the channel there. Um, they're doing quite a bit in Amazon business. Amazon business is Amazon's B2B division. It is now, as of earlier this year, as of January 2020, the fastest growing part of Amazon. It eclipsed Amazon Web Services as being the fastest growing part of Amazon this oh. year. They are last year, according to RBC Capital Markets, which is a Wall Street investment uh, analyst firm, they they hit about 16 billion B in revenue, um, and that was after that was in year full year three, and they started in 2015, so you know three and a half. They're expected to grow to 52 billion in the next uh, four years in annual revenue, which mm. makes them larger than almost all distributors in the marketplace, uh, with the exception of the largest. You know, Cardinal Health, for example, is significantly larger, but you know that puts them ahead of every mid-market distributor in terms of size and reach. So they're doing a lot of things really well in B2B. Um, and they're hiring from industry. They're bringing in people who know what they're doing. They're developing relationships. They're recruiting sellers, and they're recruiting buyers. And that's really what is different than what they've done in B two B in the past. They have teams of people out there building buying relationships with large um, government entities, okay. corporate buyers, all kinds of things. So it's it's right. really evolving quickly. But uh, do you see? Alibaba on the American market as well, because I guess that they are the big competitor within this space. Or, yeah, I, you know, it's interesting you mentioned them, Tom. There, um, Alibaba, I think, is the one um, potential, um, you know, rival to Amazon in the U.S. market and internationally. Although I, we don't see them a lot. I think just like Amazon has had 
some um, um, challenges in certain Asian uh, markets, um, particularly China, you know, growing their business. I think Alibaba has the same issues here, which is it's a very different buyer mentality and other things. So we don't see them a lot, but they are certainly in the market. They're, they have people here. They're investing. Um, I would I would suggest that 10 years from now, we might see those two globally going head to head. Then you might work with Alibaba instead in 10 years. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> well, maybe. <laughs> or in addition to, I mean, look, as you yeah. think, we're, we're a partner to our sellers, our, 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 our clients, and we're helping them navigate this world. And uh, Amazon's clearly the big, the big one in it. Uh, but, you know, yeah, we're keeping our eyes on everybody else. If you sell your products globally, you will probably have to, you know, manage both of them. Exactly. Right. Well, again, I mean, we mentioned it in the beginning of the episode, but I mean, now during the, the coronavirus uh, sort of situation and so on, how does that affect, uh, I mean, e-commerce and other areas of, of business, would you say? Wow. Yeah, that's, I mean, that's a loaded question. I think it's a highly evolving situation, but I have some, some theories about this. Um, and uh, so, number one, what we're seeing today from, you know, actual data, um, we're seeing an enormous amount of growth in uh, particular product categories that we manage on Amazon. So I think, number one, you know, in the near term, call it the next two months, we're going to see an enormous spike in Amazon and e-commerce in general sales, right? Mm. Um, I mean, we're getting calls. Uh, we're rapidly onboarding companies. We work with some healthcare companies, um, for example, and you know, gosh, uh, you know, we're, we're we're working hard to get their products all up and active and replenished in Amazon right now. Um, so I think number one, you're going to see a lot of volume shifting to Amazon, and we have an enormously high amount of demand for what we do right now because of that. Um, I think you're going to see uh, some permanent shifts in how buyers, consumers, and business buyers are um, are, are using e-commerce. I think you're going to see it uh, accelerate. So, hmm. you know, I talk about uh, we talked a little bit about B2B and Amazon business. I think one of the things that is uh, that's been s- slower to adopt is B2B buyers. You know, your electrical contractors or you know, some of the folks who are, um, you know, buying for their business, um, uh, dentists and doctor's offices and lawyers and professionals, you know, buying through through e-commerce channels for their business. I think we I think this pandemic is going to accelerate the adoption of e-commerce and B2B buying by probably at least two years. Yeah, because, uh, because I mean, you're, you're changing gonna, your behavior yeah. because you're forced to do it. Uh, and then when you see it, yeah, and maybe exactly. you have a good experience, then you, then you will continue to do it. Yeah, but I must exactly right. It must be very different depending on what you sell. I mean, there's probably, you know, products that usually have good sales that are basically not interesting to buy now. I don't know what happens, you know, with luxury goods or uh, some, yeah. Yeah. I think a lot of the, well, furniture. If people are sitting at home, they're going to be saying, "Hey, you know, I'd, <laughs> I'd like to." I'd, I've yeah, been meaning probably. to, to yeah. uh, make this look better. So, hey, I got some time <laughs> on my hands. Let me do it. Yeah. But exactly. uh, I, I do think that the jury is still out related yeah. to the overall economic impact of this, and I think that's going to. To your question, I think we're going to we're going to we're going to have to see what that looks like. Um, you know, in a few months. I mean, economists are saying uh, that we may be entering a recession. Uh, that uh, and then others are saying it's going to be a short one. Uh, I think, you know, I think confidence overall is an optimism, at least in the U.S. here, are still high. 
Mm. Uh, once, once we get some clarity, I mean, we're going to come through this, um, and the measures that are being taken now in the U S are the right ones. Um, my opinion. And so I think, um, you know, I think we're going to come out of this over the next, uh, call it two months. And on the other side of it, um, we're going to see a lot more e-commerce adoption everywhere. It'll be more ingrained in people's habits. More people will be working from home. Digital will become, you know, this is accelerating the digital world in so many ways. Even school kids, you know, my yeah. son, my eight-year-old son, sitting in the other room here doing school at uh, at home. Yeah, and my daughter. Learning. That, I mean, yeah. Yeah, she's in high school uh, and they need to work from a distance. And they have said that probably, you know, the whole semester might be, you know, through the computer. And that's a totally new yeah. situation. And my my ten year old, she got her iPad, the the, the school iPad, home. So they're gonna get probably you know uh, things, uh, lessons, and so or, or things that they should you know work on the iPad with. So. Just yesterday, Thomas, I was talking to the uh, CEO of a of a large um, uh, a computer reseller. Right, they sell laptops and all this other business equipment, but they've got a they've got a huge amount of volume on laptops right now. Um, yeah. They're selling out of them because, because it's because millions of kids have to work from work. Excuse me, school from home. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> so and, and you know, I just recently got uh, quite, um, you know, got into VR. So so since oh, know, yeah. end of last year, you know, I'm I'm using VR a lot for exercising, for playing games, for meeting people, uh, and so on. And I mean. Also, there will be definitely a spike there. So it's really good timing on that. Yeah, if you're in one of those businesses, um, you know, related to that, I think you're going to come out through this, um, you know, well. Um, you know, I, I was on the phone with a, a large um, um, restaurant business actually earlier today because we've been working with them on their Amazon Amazon uh, business, and they um, they're looking to accelerate because they they sell products, food products on Amazon, and they're accelerating their stocking into it. But you know, I feel for them and others in the hospitality side because they've, you know, they've mostly had to for dine in. They've had to close. Um, yeah, you know, it's all takeout now, and that's yeah, impacting the revenue. So, so I mean, Brian, I really appreciate uh, that you wanted to be on the show. I think that it has been a really interesting conversation, uh, uh, and I think a lot of listeners also uh, find this information valuable. So, if anyone wants to get in contact with you, what do you do? Oh, yeah, great. Uh, so um, just email me, Brian, B-R-I-A-N, at Enciba. That's spelled E-N-C-E-I, B as in boy, A, E-N-C-E-I-B-A.com. And uh, they can also uh, just send me a note or, or go to my book website, uh, which is billion-dollar-b2b-e-commerce.com, billion-dollar-b2b-e-commerce.com. And that book is coming out imminently. So if, if people are home and they need some reading material, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> shameless plug there, Thomas. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. But I mean, that's definitely that's uh, the way this works. No, <laughs> but I mean, really, really interesting <laughs> conversation. And uh, yeah, hope to see you around uh, digital or you know in real life. Absolutely. Thank you, Brian. Absolutely. Thank you, Thomas. Appreciate yeah. the opportunity. Well, I think right now it's very hard, you know, to talk about any physical events or trainings and so on. So, uh, but I want to highlight some webinars that we will have going forward and also uh, look out for new digital online events as well. So we're looking into different things that we could do and to do together with our community. 
So what we have going forward here, we have a demo webinar on April 2nd. When it comes to learning, you could always check out our preparatory course for our certification trainings. But uh, as I said, look out for more information about digital events. And also, I think we can do more within the realm of PIM Talk. And uh, I also want to explore different ways of interacting with the community. And you're welcome to you know, reach out if you have any ideas. I will post on social, on LinkedIn, um, and you know, ask you for giving me some feedback. You know, I've thought about maybe starting a Facebook group for Pim Talk VIPs where you could discuss the episode, but that I also could sort of live stream certain content. Could also argue that it could be cool to um, live stream the recordings of the Pim Talk. Uh, you could then live stream out to platforms like either YouTube or Twitch, and then you could, you know, be a part of it and ask questions during the session. Uh, other possibilities, if you're more of a gamer, you might be familiar with Discord, which is good, you know, mobile. Uh, well, it's, it's desktop as well, but a community platform uh, that is fast and so on. And uh, there might be other platforms as well that could be a good choice. Maybe Slack uh, could also be an option. LinkedIn groups, they are pretty bad, I would say, so I, I don't even think about them. But if you have any suggestions or ideas, I would very much appreciate it because I would like this to be more of a two-way connection in between me and the guests and other irreverians and the listeners of this podcast. But, you know, I really appreciate that you are supporting me and us at Inriver in doing this and I want to do a lot of cool things together with you going forward. Thank you for listening. For feedback, tips and questions, you can email us at pimtalk at inriver.com or message us at pimtalkpodcast at Twitter. Please, if you like the show, go into iTunes and give us a good review. And if you would like to see some behind-the-scenes material, bloopers and live streams, you can follow PimTalk on Instagram. See you again in two weeks. Bye. Let's talk about him.